The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show seven days a week from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and Tommy Dreamer talk about Sting's last hurrah as we get closer to AEW Revolution. Also, we talk to one of his best friends in the business and outside of the ring, Lex Luger, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Let's get into AEW Dynamite from last night, and we have to start with Sting, Tommy, and Sting from the rafters last night. Didn't see that coming. What a moment last night. As my good friend Victoria Lisa Marie would say, old school. Um, Man, that was great. Uh, I really, I, I think, because I was listening to some chatter before and I stay away from all your conversations before the show because then we wind up talking about wrestling and we got to talk about it on the show so we save our best material for the show. I enjoyed the thread throughout the show with the Young Bucks um, showing up in the limo, um, being abusive of their power, uh, having the baseball bats, the white bats, and all throughout the this thread of the show where they're looking for Sting. Um, and then, you know, you go in another part. I enjoyed the Eddie Kingston uh, interview. And there was kind of a tie-in as well with uh, Eddie and the Young Bucks because he made a comment. And I feel everyone within the Dynamite roster or AEW roster should be talking about Sting. Uh, they should do a whole documentary on it um, just because of, you know, what it means for him to be in the locker room. If I think of what Terry Funk did for everyone in ECW, we really never captured it. Um, you have the ability to capture stuff like this right now while the guy is still here. Um, yeah. And then you go into the room with all the baseball bats, which is a little ominous sting. Also the black and red could have gone to uh NWO sting. If you think about uh, that and then uh, dude, I loved it. And when, you do something right, you do something right, right? They lay out Darby, and then you hit Sting's music, the place pops, and you see the Young Bucks go up the ramp. You see them go up the ramp, and they're waiting, and then the shot down the ramp, and then you see Sting descend from the rafters. That's magic. That's movie-making. For younger fans, that's what we got almost every friggin' Monday night or Thursday night when it used to be Nitro, and Thundar, 
but um it was really really cool to see um and we haven't seen wrestlers like you know propel like that for a long long time obviously because of the, the death of owen hart but just that one iconic thing that was such a big part because i mean and a lot of our our nation members remember you know sting coming from the rafters at all points I actually thought they were going to swerve us and it was going to be a fake swing when Nick and Matt went back to the ring. And then here came regular sting from the back. But just to do that one more time was just awesome. It really and truly was. And the crowd loved it. It was an amazing moment. Uh, also, I mean, honestly, Tony Schiavone's last on television, it's sting call was another iconic call. Yeah. And, uh, very very um made you feel reminiscent you know rick flair getting involved and rick flair still going out there and you know getting his ass whooped uh still trying to be the dirtiest player of the game the eye rake you know then get a nut shot and both nick and matt stomping him down uh it was a great setup to make sting's last television appearance like that memorable hey rick flair 75 Tommy and and he's out there, you know, doing the best he can and having that kind of a moment and seeing Sting coming down from the rafters. I mean, the one thing you have to say, Tommy, in this last run of Sting in AEW is he's put it all out there. Like, I mean, Sting has gone balls to the wall. Like, I I re- I am so happy for Sting that he has had this last run in AEW. We talked about it at length many times about. Man, the last run that he had with WWE, just very, very underwhelming. Uh, The injury during the Seth Rollins match, but even just the creative booking of Sting during that period wasn't very good. I'm so happy that Tony Khan gave gave Sting this last run in AEW because, man, it's it's a nice exclamation point on a Hall of Fame career. That's... The other part I was going to say is AEW has done Sting right. They held Sting to that Sting presence from every version of Sting. I mean, I honestly was saying, man, could you imagine if he just like, I know we're seeing this version of Sting, but if you if he just came out and buzzed his hair and dyed it blonde and came out as in that building for like, hey, my career started, I look like this. At the end of the day, I look like this. I was just like, what a moment that would be that he totally transformed into old, you know, brand new Sting with this place where his career started. I don't think that's going to happen. But just saying, like, there's been so many different faces of Sting, so many looks of Sting. But AEW has done Sting right. And that is a credit to, to Tony Khan. And like you said, Sting has been all go for everything. Because again, they're they're playing to your strengths and they're doing you just how you're supposed to be done to be kept special. Uh, I mean, it, it's just so so cool to see it. It really and truly is. The fact that we saw Sting come from the rafters last night in his last dynamite. I can't imagine what kind of entrance he's going to have on Sunday. Like I am. I am super excited about Sunday's pay-per-view. And, you know, I mean, as we get closer, we'll talk about the other matches. But, man, it really is all about Sting. I feel like everybody probably bought a ticket 
to the Greensboro Coliseum on Sunday is because it's going to be Sting's last match. And, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about should Sting lose, should Sting win, should it be a down note that could continue a story for AEW, should it be a moment of celebration? I mean, I'm still on the fence about that. I, I'm, I, you can make a case for either way, Tommy. But one thing that's crazy, that a man who debuted in the wrestling business in 1985, you know, here in 2024 is going to have his last match. That's a very, very long career. And it really ends, you know, the golden era of, you know, of pro wrestling that, Tommy, you and I grew up watching, right? I mean, you know, he's kind of like one of those last elements of that era. And uh, it's going to be tough saying goodbye to Sting on Sunday. Yeah, Yesterday when we were having that conversation, it made me think after the show. And that's where sometimes myself, we become too critical. Where I have to just sit back and be a fan. You and I, when we first heard about it, we were like, hey, man, if our schedules work out, I'd like to be there. It didn't work out for my schedule. It didn't work out for your schedule. But, you know, I went to Derek Jeter's last two games. And his last game, he he was 0 for 4. And then his last game at Yankee Stadium, he had a heroic uh, game winner. And then they still had three more games to play. But he was just like, I can't end it any better. And, it, you know, the only way better, of course, would have been the World Series. But at home, a game winner. And it was such full of emotion. And, I mean, I was jumping up and down. Uh, and I purposely, like, I took my daughters, who were really, really young, to go there just to, so they could say, not even that they could remember it, but, like, they saw Derek Jeter play. Um, there's iconic players in every sport. Sting is, not, is an iconic player. But, like, when we talk about what placement on the card Oh, I don't care if it's first, middle, last, how the finish is. Because I was also thinking if Derek Jeter went off 0 for 4, people would have still given the guy a standing ovation the moment he walks out, tips his cap, and says goodbye. Um, so that's when I think that's us being social media, being very, very critical of something that's going to be very, very special. Because after Sunday, this guy goes away. And, you know, you said it, over 30-some-odd years. Sting is 10 to 11 years older than me. And we were, you know, when, when Bubba was having the, the conversation with Alex Shelley, a guy in his, you know, just turning 40s, it's who was that next generation of wrestlers because it went from the Dudleys, the Hardys, uh, Edge and Christian, to the Alex Shelley's, uh, the the Motor City Machine Guns, what's that next generation? These are these wrestlers that are in their prime in their 30s. And we're now losing that generation. There are there are very few, first of all, I got to say top guys that are still going out there. We have who? Ricky Morton and Mike Jackson are probably the only, and, and no disrespect to Mike Jackson, but Mike Jackson was never a top guy. And like when I watch Mike Jackson work, I'm I'm blown away. Same with like every time Ricky Morton steps into the ring, because you're like, hey man, you don't know when it's gonna be your last. And Ricky's still pounding it out on the the indies, 
But I mean, Sting is the last top, top guy to be out there on the scene. Just, you know, I was never as appreciative to Terry Funk after ECW because I was like, my God, like what happened? I I was ringside for Ricky Steamboat's last match. And I was just like, man, I wish he didn't. I wish this was on a bigger stage, but I wish he didn't leave. And like, we're, we're, this is going to happen on Sunday. And you just honestly, like, it's sad, but like you said, it's, it's an end of an era and we're witnessing it live. And it's not to be sad about it. I look at it as to rejoice because I got to live through that. Same did you, same to you. We lived through an amazing time in the wrestling industry where it was just, it was so insane, dude. And if you lived it through it, you appreciated it. Now the business is completely different. It's even bigger, but that time in that, in the industry, and he was the face of it. He was the face of a company going up against, you know, another company. And honestly, there was three wrestling companies. If you think about it now, to make a full-time living, there's four, three to four. And so what has changed a lot, but then also what has changed not so much. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. And, and I and and Tommy, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. You know, last night and even what we're going to see on Sunday, not a time to complain, not a time to nitpick. If there's ever a time not to be negative, it's watching that show or the end of that show last night and then watching uh, what we're going to see on Sunday. Because like you said, Derek Jeter goes 0 for 4. Doesn't matter what he did in his last game. What matters is what he gave to you his entire career and all those moments and memories for you to celebrate. And I remember, you know, reading about Sting in the wrestling magazines, Tommy, when he first hit the scene. I remember first learning about Sting in Main Event Magazine, all right? My eighth grade year, all right? Think (laughs) think about that. I'm reading about Sting, and I'm in the eighth grade. I'm now a 52-year-old man, you know? So... When I watch that show on Sunday, that's that's Sting has been a part of my life since the eighth grade, and now I'm 52. Like, it's that's what I'm going to be thinking about. I'm going to be thinking about those moments, those memories. You know, uh, Mid South or the UWF, and you know, you know, all those those moments in WCW and the NWA. You know, uh, Tommy, you and I and Jonathan Hood are taping a show this afternoon that's going to drop on Sunday on the Busted Open podcast where we're going to do a deep dive in that into that Clash of the Champions in 1988 and Sting and Flair from 1988. You know, that was really the match that made Sting. Probably most people would say the greatest match in Sting's career. That was 1988. It's 2024, and the guy's coming down from the rafters on live TV. Like, if that doesn't get you emotional, if that doesn't get you excited, if that doesn't give you goosebumps, then I got to question you as a wrestling fan. Because, man, like, when you see that, you got to think about 
all the things, all the memories, all the moments that this man has given you, not in the months and the years, but the decades that he has sacrificed for you as a wrestling fan. Pretty, pretty special moment last night for me. And Dave, let me tell you, getting strapped into that harness, I've had it done to me. Um, it hurts. It, it It's a full body harness that he has to unclip from the back, but that actual harness that's holding your own weight when you're descending down, it wraps around your legs, it wraps around your armpits, and then it goes across your, your back to your belly, and the propel down is your own weight. And it hurt so much. I had to do a movie, and I was uh, I was murdered, hung from a tree. And they hung me from a tree with the thing in my back. And I was just like, oh, my God, this hurts so much. And they even had a stunt person who was just like, yeah, it's a lot of pressure in your legs. And I think I felt it more because of what I did for my body. Same with Sting. Uh, I mean, we'll get into more with, with, about Sting and like his athleticism and all that stuff. But just that one segment was super duper special. Again, having Ric Flair out there, the guy that, you know, put you on the map um, at 75 years old. The job that Darby did, the job that Nick and Matt did. Everybody went out there to make Sting exactly what he was and always was special. And that crowd there. Man, you got you got one hell of a show, but you got an iconic moment that would last forever. I mean, think of all the when, you know, Sting came in and did that to the NWO. And like he was the first guy to fight the resistance of the NWO. And, you know, then he formed he was part of the, you know, the black and red NWO. But that moment of him in, in WCW really helped WCW survive and keep on battling the WWE. But there, you know, there was a, in an alternate universe, the WWE may not have been in existence if WCW took over, but they had two things. They had Bill Goldberg and they had the NWO. And then they also, I, I should say three things. They had sting and sting brought it back. That crow thing was, it was everywhere. But Sting, I mean, honestly, I know, and this is, Sting is on everybody's Mount Rushmore for WCW. Has to be. Because then I will ask you who shouldn't be on that Mount Rushmore of when WCW. You look, when you talk about WCW, I, I, I believe that Sting is on that Mount Rushmore of WCW. And I know a lot of, I get labeled as a Sting hater. I'm not a Sting hater. And now, and today is not the conversation to have. This is not the conversation I have today, anyway. Um, but you know, it's more of a celebration of somebody that was in the business for forty years. Uh, you know, it's crazy to think about that. Um, but but Sting gave a lot, and you're right; he was a key player during that time when it was the Monday Night War and WCW going up against the WWF. And you know, if you think about like your top baby faces of that era and people who were so different game changers, sting Steiners, Lex Luger, Lex Luger for his physique sting for his sting was energy, man. Like it's the best way to describe him, but also jumping over the top rope. And I'm not like talking about 
a regular house show dive. I'm talking about clearing the top rope and diving almost into the audience. Uh, and the Steiners, who were just this innovative tag team. Uh, a lot could be said for that, like how AEW was first formed with Kenny, the Bucks, and Cody. Of just like, you know, hey, these are the four people we're starting our company with. There's, I mean, historically you could do a deep dive and do a lot of comparisons, but Sting was the man. Uh, and, and again, I'm very, very happy that AEW has given us this and has done this person right. I I couldn't have asked for a better version of it from, you know, the music, how he debuted to even how he's going out. It, it's going to be a special, special night that I think if you're a wrestling fan, you're like, man, I just got to see this. And even last night, Tommy, seeing, you know, Sting, seeing Ric Flair, Tony Schiavone on yeah. commentary, you know, you know, when we do that deep dive of Clash of the Champions 88, Flair and Sting in the ring with Tony Schiavone on commentary, like to, to be able to still have that in 2024, come Sunday, we're not going to have that anymore. And, you know, like a lot of people and, you, you know, you kind of kind of block out the negativity. A lot of people talking about Flair and how Flair looked like Ric Flair's 75 years old. I, I love to see some of these people just try to get into a wrestling ring, much less get into a wrestling ring and have physicality like Ric Flair had. The man is 75, Tommy, and is still performing for an audience again, like there's going to be a point where you're not going to have that. We talked about that with Virgil, about Virgil yesterday. People would talk, would joke about, you know, Virgil was at every meet and greet. Virgil was at every at at every conference and everything else, and like all these all these you know autograph shows. Well, now you know you're not going to see Virgil anymore. So I hope you got your autograph date by ten because now Virgil's no longer with us. You have well, to celebrate those moments when you can, Tommy, because you don't know when those moments are going to be completely gone. Uh, with regard to Rick, honestly, like he has survived death and being on death's door how many times? Besides the fact that, you know, he was in a plane crash that it broke his back, that another, you know, wrestler, I think two wrestlers passed away, one guy was crippled. Um, then we have, you know, towards... I don't know how many years ago where, you know, Hey, it was Ric Flair's passing and he's, he's back and living life to the fullest. Um, but I mean, these are real things that happen. And, and again, I don't, I don't address the haters at all, but I would love to say to anybody when you are that person's age and have done the things that you have done, uh, you know, you and I were talking about the the Masters, but we both had to go and watch uh, the match again with him. For, and this is just in one match. How many top rope uh, bumps did he go off, you know, and take? How many military presses, hip tosses, all these things that he did. And he would do that every night, sometimes yeah. nine days a week because of his schedule. Um, but go and see anybody or go like ask your grandfather, hey, can you step in can you walk up steps step into a ring throw a chop his chop was crisp can you go and fall down uh and be able to to get back up and uh you know hey can you throw a punch 
these are all things that, you know, or maybe when you get to that age, you say to yourself, huh, maybe I shouldn't have said stuff about that person uh, back in the day. The Busted Open Podcast is now available on YouTube. This is Dave LaGreca, host of Busted Open, the number one pro wrestling show on the planet. You can now watch and listen to the award-winning Busted Open Podcast every single day on YouTube. Our best interviews, behind-the-scenes access, and some of our best content from the past, all available right now when you go to youtube.com slash at Busted Open Podcast. Subscribe right now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun. FX's new international spy thriller The Veil starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge. Inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. That's mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You talk about somebody who had an amazing career. Tommy, may I say, like yourself, a Hall of Fame caliber career and i know he's very close to sting and also a man of god and that is the one and only lex luger lex 
Thank you so much for the time, and thank you for joining us this morning. Man, guys, thank you so much for having me on. I'm like, we're like morning friends. I've told you guys before, I run on my errands because of the traffic now that I'm back in Atlanta. Where after 9 o'clock, I get out when the traffic clears. and I feel like I'm, this is just an extension of me hanging out with you guys every morning. I love your show. <laughs> I mean, thank you for having me on. Well, thank you, Lex. And, and, and I want to say this because I actually said this about my partner today, Tommy Dreamer, the other day on the air because I believe Tommy's a Hall of Famer and should be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Lex, I have to say the no same doubt, about 100%. you. And, and I say the same thing about you, your career, the moments you've given us. And, you know, when you lose somebody and we lost Virgil yesterday, it makes you start thinking mm-hmm. about, you know, making sure you tell everybody about how special they are and what they gave. You know, Mr. Luger and and you, the moments you gave us as fans, the memories you gave us as fans, you need to be celebrated more. And I hope you're celebrated with a Hall of Fame ring on your finger. Man, David, thank you. Kind words, my friend. Thank you. And we will uh, miss I Virgil. I, I went back and watched some of the stuff with Virgil and Ted. Oh, man, that crowd was hot. When he turned on Ted and hit him with that belt, and the, the facial expressions Virgil did, and Oh my! That crowd was hot. I was I was really kind of reminiscing with uh, uh, after I heard that he had passed. Uh, and man, it was, it was some great moments. Wow! Yeah, no doubt about Agreed. it. Agreed. Mm-hmm. It was uh, just what you know the characters. You know what he did, and I just said it with you know Ted. He had that foil as the babyface in Ted, and I mean honestly, their entire run together was that career that you know they had of him being in the in the shadows and then finally stepping up and it was just it was booked perfectly i mean we talk about long-term booking it was booked great absolutely great stuff and and we want to talk about you but also want to talk about somebody that we've been celebrating these last couple weeks because he's going to have his last match on Sunday at AEW Revolution, and that's Sting. I know how close you are to Sting. You inducted Sting into the, the TNA Hall of Fame. And um, talk about your relationship and your friendship with Sting. Yeah, let's talk about him. Forget about me. Um, <laughs> just, uh, it's, it's, there's so many layers to him and my friendship and relationship for the past almost 40 years. I, I couldn't begin or we wouldn't have the time to we could talk till all the way through today till tomorrow morning, but just um, obviously the wrestling part, um, I was actually scrolling. I was up late last night scrolling through some of our, our match together. I'm, I'm like a sentimental journey and some of our moments together in the ring. Um, and what a, just a, to think that I wrestled with him and came at the same time. And I, I was early 2000s out of being an active wrestler and that he's still in the ring. It just blows my mind. Yeah. He's, he's like, there's generational stars that I had the pleasure of working with in my generation, you know, the Bret Hart's and the Rick Flair. Well, Rick Flair is kind of multi-generational. But there's not a ton we can name of multi-generational big stars. And, like, this is kind of almost a, a moment for guys in my generation to look. And with, with Undertaker was multi-generational. His, his persona and his character kind of transcended time. They aged well, I would like to say. And uh, and uh, guys like that, and Sting is definitely one of those just multi-generational 
stars. I'm sure the last couple of weeks you guys have been talking about all the allocates and great matches and moments he's had. They're they're just what a what a portfolio to to uh, open up. Just absolutely incredible. My personal relationships thing. We're talking about a guy uh, where our friendship goes so deep, and uh, we shared so many of the high moments of our lives together and the lowest of low. A guy who was at the uh, hospital at three in the morning when I had a near fatal motorcycle wreck and basically stopped the doctors who had at the hospital here in Atlanta wanted to cut off my right arm. It was mangled so badly. And he called Dr. James Andrews, a world-renowned doctor who had worked on his knee prior to that and got a hold of him at 3 in the morning. He told them just to clean it up and send him to Birmingham where he was at the next morning. Um, a guy who, when I was at my lowest of lows and uh, wouldn't even talk to people or answer the phone, uh, I was in a really dark place, and Sting would call me regularly, knowing it wasn't a pick. Goes, he goes, he, Larry, he calls me Larry. Larry, he'd call me and say, I know you're not going to pick up the phone, but I just want to tell you I love you and don't give up. And I, I would not answer calls from my family, but I listened to his message over and over again many, at those times. So I can't even describe our friendship. And uh, when I, when, uh, I thought I'd lost my best friend from when I thought he got religious, <laughs> found Christ and didn't party with me anymore and, and uh, surrendered his life to Christ. And then he was a big impact on me surrendering my life to Christ eight years later. I'm not, I could go on and on, guys, but uh, what, a, what a friendship, a relationship. I'm so uh, excited about uh, the, the next journey for him, but also I'm so excited about Sunday night. Wow, what a moment that's going to be. Um. You know, I always say if you talk about baby faces of a company, uh, it was Sting, the Steiners, and Lex Luger. You guys were were my top baby faces of all time in in that company. Um, even though you turned uh, a bunch of times, but I mean, I felt the I business was no hotter when you guys were all on the same you know playing field in the sense of you know we're we're here as the good guys to def- you know fight for the people. Do you have a favorite? career moment with you and sting well funny you should say that because as i was scrolling last night i up popped the match it was, ended up being match of the year between the steiner brothers and sting and i at uh super Bowl one down in st pete florida and the crowd and the and the match that we had last night we did a japan style match with the american crowd wasn't used to where we two face teams just went at it and wow that was that blew my mind watching that match and what what uh, to be a part of that was absolutely incredible so it certain matches will will pop up uh i was able to to wrestle when the world title match was staying in milwaukee when i ended up going up leaving the company going ended up in wwe um in milwaukee just a, there's just a lot of moments in ring uh, that we had, and and also the moments out of the ring, just incredible memories. Lex, do you remember your first time meeting Sting, and was it an immediate friendship between you two? I've shared this before. It was, and we didn't hit it off at all. I was part of the horseman at the time and really full of myself, both character-wise and out of the ring. And Sting approached me when I thought the, the, uh, the B team had come in. We had bought out and come to a deal with the UWF, which was prior to the Mid-South. And 
I thought they were like the B team. I didn't know that much about the Mid-South and the history behind it. I do now now that I'm a fan. I, I, I've learned these things. But I didn't know about it. And I, I thought they were like the B team. And when I think back now, all the stars that were in that company at the time, yeah. Ted DiBiase, to, I mean, we could go on and on. And Sting. And he approached me in the locker room. And I, I completely blew him off, to make a long story short. But then I started seeing him when he started working with the company late 87. I, I, when we travel back then, you guys know, it was three or nights a year, a, new, a different town a lot of times every every night. And I used to get up early uh, to go to the gym. Most of the guys slept in. And there, there in the breakfast room, I didn't realize Sting's bodybuilding background. Sting was sitting across the, the breakfast place. So we ended up eventually having breakfast together and then going to the gym together. One thing led to another, and now we have almost 40 years later just this incredible friendship. So great question, David. At first, no, we did not hit it off. I, 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 I'm glad he gave me a second chance. Yeah, I, I, so we all are. And, you know, you talk about that friendship and you talk about those moments together, Lex, and you talk about even that tag match, because I agree with you. If I put a, a list together of Sting's greatest matches, that tag match would definitely be part of it. And you talked about the ups and downs. Let's talk about the Hall of Fame, the TNA Hall of Fame, and you inducting it. What was it like for you that moment to induct your friend into the Hall of Fame? It was incredible. When I was inducting him, it was brief, but um, I kind of went into more our friendship than the wrestling part and explained to him some of the moments and what, what his friendship meant to me. Um, some, of the, some of the people in the room started crying. It, it, was, it was a moment in that room. You could hear a pin drop. Even the Hulkster was there to speak after me and do the final intro. And the Hulkster stood up and goes, man, I, I don't know how to follow that. <laughs> it was it was a special moment uh, when I was when I was able to be there, and it was a real honor. And it was a, it was quite the moment. Hey, uh, Lex. Uh, everyone talks about Mount Rushmore. As I was specifically talking Mount Rushmore of WCW, uh, since you were a guy who was there, a key pillar. Who would be your Mount Rushmore of WCW? Wow, man! For obviously, for sure, Sting and Flair. Oh, it, the rest would be, man, that's a great question. I, there's so many different guys we could put in those other two spots. What Do you, do you guys have any names you can throw at me? What do you guys think? I have Sting, Flair, Luger, um, and the, the last one's always the hardest one. Wow. I, 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 I wouldn't put myself in there, so, well, thank you, Tommy. Oh, that's absolutely. a huge compliment. You were, wow. you were amazing. Uh, I don't think you get enough credit for the wrestler that you were. I mean, uh, I compared it earlier uh, on the show to what the uh, AEW kind of the foundation was with four four different type of guys in the Young Bucks, um, Kenny Omega, and Cody Rhodes. And I said, you know, I got, you know, when you become more reminiscent as you get older, and it was Sting, the Steiners, and Lex Luger. You were so different. And, you know, you weren't, you were what today's athlete was like, you can move for such a big man. And like, that's what, you know, WWE and NXT has all these, the big man mode has changed. You know, you've wrestled the slow and lumbering guys, 
but you would always be moving. Um, I mean, I was always yeah. amazed how many times you would jump as high as you could to miss that elbow. But, you know, you were a guy who's, I, I don't feel gets enough credit as a, a great pro wrestler in the ring. You were an amazing character, but you were moving all the time. And, and just like, I mean, that's why you're in my Mount Rushmore. Well, thank you, Tommy. Matt Suda, who trained me, initially said, your, your look's going to be your thing because that's your costuming. Maintain that. And he always said, uh, I don't want you to be a drop kicker or a, try to learn flips off the top rope or all that. He goes, just because I'd rather you do less things well. He goes, you have a, a athletic athleticism that a lot of people can't copy. He goes, you're very explosive. You can get from zero to, to 60, so to speak, in a short period of time. I watched um, from my football background, that's a gift from God. Um, never the greatest worker, didn't do the most moves, but I tried to be, uh, like you said, explosive in there. I think that, that lends some authenticity to the to the fans. And I watched when, like when Rick's son, Braun, entered that, that uh, Royal Rumble. Oh, my gosh. How explosive is his son? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, that's his football background. Oh, he does a lot of other good stuff that I never dreamed of, Braun. But, oh, my gosh, that explosiveness it was is clearly ever in the ring. Goldberg, head of that football program, he was very explosive. Uh, Roman was a football player. Those spears they do, that that's from their football background and that explosiveness that they had from the, that background. They're that type of training and strength coaches, things like that, for sure. But, you do know, I was thinking about a... Sting. Oh, go ahead, Tommy. I'm sorry. No. Uh, hey, it's your interview. You, you were thinking about Sting. No, it's not. I was just thinking about Sting. How, <laughs> uh, also, I was thinking this uh, last night and this morning how the impact he's had really outside his career at WWE was short-lived through that stenosis uh, type of in his neck that kind of, well, I don't know if I should wrestle anymore, but that's scary he had in the ring with Seth. But obviously the doctors gave him the go-ahead go to, to carry on a couple of years later. But um, just, I think about how he stayed with WCW. Then instead of going to WWE, he was with, he was like, really, I always thought wrestling is always better with more competition, not just for the wrestlers, but the fans. I think that brings the best out of the, the wrestlers. It's the best for the fans and the business end of wrestling. And I was kind of sad when WCW closed down and then TNA came along. Sting was a, huge stamp of approval for TNA. Yep. Uh, and then you go, then you come on to uh, AEW, which was a big surprise, but he got the, the go ahead, the go ahead and wrestle. Things been handled very well. And um, for him to come in with AEW, a lot, obviously a lot of talent would contribute to that, but sting was a big moment for them early on. Kind of that, that sting stamp of, of approval. When you go back through his career, he kind of was the, on the other side of the main big company, right? Uh, WWE, yeah. he was there for a short while, but to have the impact he had, I, I think we can discuss that too. That, 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 I mean, huge impact on the business. And, and, and Lex, and I say this all the time, and I don't know if you would agree or disagree, but I say this all the time, especially with Tommy. Like, it's, it's funny he got so famous outside the WWE. And then when the WWE had had Sting, and I understand about the injury in the match with Seth Rollins, boy, creatively did they drop the ball 
with Sting because Lex, don't get me started about WrestleMania 31. <laughs> finally, please, please fi- don't. Hold on. St- they finally have Sting for a WrestleMania, and <laughs> they have him lose to Triple H, the whole schmoz with the NWO and everything else. I mean, I was there, and as the match was happening, I was pulling my hair out, Lex. Like... That bothered me so much that they had Sting lose that match to Triple H and then have DX beat the NWO. And then why is the NWO coming coming down to help Sting in the first place? I was so angry about that, Lex. I'll be here. Yeah, that definitely could have been done much better and it would have been great for business to do it a different way for sure. I remember Scott Holland called me afterwards. He goes, I, man, we were there ringside. He goes, what are we doing here? He was telling Hogan them as they were going over what they were going to do because what are we doing here? Then, then, then they they went over the finish with Sting as they were talking about. It. And Scott Hall said, "I turned to to Kevin or Hogan. I go, man, who who is his negotiator? Like who, <laughs> who, who's who signed this deal for Sting to come in and lose at WrestleMania? It was, Scott had that sense of humor, man, that drive, cut yeah. the, the chase wit about him, you know and I was he had me laughing, uh, but yeah, definitely could have been done differently and better. But I think Sting though, uh, if he hadn't got injured, I think they could have uh, maybe changed course and got and had had a really nice run with him there if he hadn't gotten injured. Uh, but definitely, I, I agree with you on the initial first match at a WrestleMania like that. It could have been done a, a lot better, a lot differently for sure. I agree with you. I agree with you, David. Thank you, sir. Uh, I was going to ask you, we've seen many different incarnations of Sting. Uh, Bleach Mm. Blonde Sting, you know, the the Crow, Joker. Uh, Do you have a favorite version of Sting? The Surfer. I mean, when he came in, I was actually, I tell people I was jealous because I was getting a lot of the attention uh, as the new guy and the new horseman. And Sting came in and actually at that Greensboro show, I watched from from the back where they're going back to and the crowd went nuts over him. And I, I was actually, admittedly, I was at a different stage in my life. And I was back then, and uh, I, I was actually quite jealous of the, of the response he was getting. But it was very dynamic. Is that, we'll talk about athleticism in the ring. I mean, 10 times what I had, that just hit, he was so explosive. He had a basketball background uh, prior to the, getting into wrestling. He had that, that vertical, that just the way he could leap across the ring and Working with Nate at Greensboro, I go, man, this guy's a star, and I, it, I was, I was kind of jealous. It was like, wow, yeah, it was a, it, that that particular incarnation was electric when he broke in with, with the blonde hair and the, he had the mat. He always had a coolness about him too outside of the ring. He has, he was coming. He was from Cali, and he he dressed a certain cool kind of way. He, he had some. He had the swag, man. I'm telling you, he he had it. That it factor we talk can talk about and charisma why certain guys make it big and some don't when you think certain guys were can't miss and they didn't make it. It's that it factor and uh, Sting had that swag and now I love that character. I thought the the crow guy was cool, the, the dark side of it. I didn't think it was gonna go on for that long, but man, it worked. I mean, no argument there. My favorite was the was the surfer Sting from Venice Beach for sure. Yeah, mine too. Uh, I'm just. Mm-hmm reminiscing about 
a famous picture with the two of you where you're both rocking your Z Cavaricis <laughs> and you have the button up shirt with no tie. And then Stinger's just wearing a, a tank top that he cut out. And I was like, God, he's the coolest man ever. <laughs> yeah. The only thing missing were our fatty packs. Yep. <laughs> In the photo. Back then we all had fatty 90s were the, the best. I still carry one because I, I, I won't get into it with, I got some hand issues now. I still carry it. I don't wear it around my waist, but I still carry a fanny pack with me everywhere. They're back popular. It's okay. I got one, we too. we got to wait for Neon Green one. to yep. get back in. Neon Green, once that comes back, we're all good. Exactly. Uh, and the Zubas. <laughs> Lex, are you, are you going on Sunday? You know, there's been a memo put out uh, by all of us WB legend guys under legend contracts uh, with, that we've all seen. And uh, we can't technically announce that we're going to be there because that would be like almost like advertising ourselves to be at a competitor's event. But I could, uh, based on my relationship and friendship with you, I'll let you guys decide whether you think I'm going to be in the building or not. <laughs> okay. We're not supposed to – we can't be involved. We can't – like, right. which was actually very classy of WWE to, to know that a lot of us would want to be there and they wanted to give us some guidelines, which I thought was very classy of, of WWE to do. And so – um, that's all I can really say ahead of time. Okay, but, no worries. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be quite a night. It's gonna be quite a night. I'm um, really looking forward to it. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, that, that that's fine. And um, yeah. you know, St- Sting wrote the forward to your book, which I, I feel mm-hmm. like your book. We talk a lot about wrestling books and the negative and the criticism and things like that. The best thing about your book that you put out, and we we interviewed you at the time when the book came out mm-hmm. wrestling with the devil is that it really is like a self-improvement self-help, like learn uh, from me type of book. Was that the intention when you wrote that book? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I think, I think many times I've learned in life that are, are like, I mentor a lot of young guys in the gym and stuff. And, and I, I'd like to share that, that knowledge and the good parts about that, but also I like to hopefully show them a path of, from the mistakes we make in life, the university that we have and go through, we can teach them lessons in that and hopefully to avoid some of the mistakes that we made. So, yeah, definitely um, a, a book on that and to show that there's always hope. And like I told you about that, those messages thing, Lee, we don't ever, don't ever quit. Keep on going. So, Love yeah, it. definitely, David. Thank you. No, and it's it's definitely a must-read, and it's available on Amazon.com. So definitely check it out because it's an an extremely inspirational book. And, you know, I I mentioned early on when you joined us, Lex, about the Hall of Fame, and you're a Hall mm-hmm. of Famer. Is that something you think about? Thank Is that you. something that you want to be a part of? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? I'd love to be a, inducted in the Hall of Fame. What a... I'd be humbled and honored and thrilled that 100%. I'm, I'm always going to remain hopeful. And I, I would love that. That would be huge. Right, Tommy, you too, Absolutely. buddy. Matt, yeah. You deserve it before I do, sir. Oh, stop. You uh, but, do. Uh, man, what, yeah. I agree with you, Tommy, though. Uh, people ask you, would you, that'd be something you want to be a part of. I'm like, heck yeah. <laughs> yep. My God. Absolutely. I think of uh, iconic moments and loudest pops. We were discussing it before when you picked up Ric Flair into the torture rack at the Great oh. American Bash in Baltimore. Ooh. There was no louder pop in, in at that time where it was just like, this is the guy. 
Um, and you have been the guy for a long, long time. And I'm blessed to call you a friend and to know you. Um, so thank you for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Tommy. Dusty, ever a little caveat on that, uh, if you have just one moment. Uh, Dusty was sure. watching in the back, and he was a booker. And during that match in Baltimore, the crowd was so hot. Blair was doing a chop spot in the corner where I didn't sell it and came out and gave him a crap shot. Blair, Dusty turned over to the room and said, can we, can we change the finish? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that was one of my hottest times, the baby face. And then, then, of course, the thing with Hogan, the crowd was really hot then. Those are probably my two hottest moments as a baby face on the Monday Night Wars in Detroit and that 100th anniversary show. But those are probably maybe two of the biggest pops I got as a baby face in my career, uh, for sure, Tommy. But thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. And, and Lex, I, the other day on the show, I wanted to get trending, you know, about Tommy being in the Hall of Fame. Hashtag Tommy mm-hmm. Dreamer, HOF24. I'm going to say the same thing for you. I hope everyone that's listening, you know, tweets about this interview and uses that hashtag uh, Lex Luger, HOF24. I'd love to see you get inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. I think Woo-hoo. that would be amazing. Thank you, David. I'd love to get in there with Tommy. Oh, there you go. There you go. You know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna I'm actually going to Atlanta next week. I'm I'm gonna be staying with DDP. He's gonna try to get me back in shape, which is almost an impossible task, Lex. Oh um, wow, yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be over at the Performance Center tomorrow with a young guy of mine that I work with. We're gonna go over there and visit with those guys. Oh really? Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, while I'm in Atlanta next week, I'm gonna be shouting out that hashtag, hashtag Lex Luger H O F twenty four. Well, thank you, David. Maybe I'll try to drop by and say hey to you if I'm in the area over there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. Uh, I'm flying out on Monday, and I'm going to be there all day Tuesday and Wednesday. So, please, if you're in the area, I'd love to see you. Thanks, David. You have a great time. Those guys are great there. His performance Lex, thank you so much for the time. Thank you talking about Virgil, talking about staying. Uh, Congratulations on everything, and hopefully we'll see you going into the Hall of Fame. You deserve it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Love you guys, man. Listen to you all the time. Big Thank fan. you, sir. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.